right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And we've got uh, a couple different interesting conversations to have this week, kind of jumping around the board a little bit. Uh, but it's always good to get back and talking about football and what was oh man shoot I, I forgot to write down what is it it's is it less than three months now uh until the notre dame game or something that i saw you know it's getting there yeah. man yeah it is it's almost, no yeah it's almost june yeah do you have yeah. uh do you have any well, big we haven't much summer so we gotta yeah can't rush this oh yeah oh yeah i don't want to rush it because it's nice day today so yeah, if if I ru- if we rush things, then that just means that I have, like, I I love football season, but football season is also my busy season for a bunch of other things. So you got you got to take some time to enjoy things before that as well. But uh, speaking of enjoying things, uh, Memorial Day weekend sneaking up. You know, I almost completely forgot about. It. You got any plans this weekend? Not really. None. Zero. None. Nothing. So yeah. you, you know what that means, right? Yeah. The honeydew list? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, those are always fun, aren't they? Yeah. I, I'm in the same boat because we don't really have anything planned. I think that we'll be doing some stuff Saturday. But as far as like Sunday and Monday, I don't really know of anything that's going on. So I'm I'm getting prepared for that. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, those lists are a little... Um, unreasonable you could say because you know it'll be like oh look you know mow the lawn trim the grass put an addition on the house (laughs) all that day so you gotta go what's going on here man i mean really oh yeah slip slip a little uh one in there and see if you notice right right yeah exactly so something that takes at least a, a month but then again, you've been putting it off for like a year, so can't really blame them. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we hope that everybody has a good Memorial Day weekend, uh, that you guys have safe travels. Whatever you do, that you are able to have some time off, able to enjoy it with family and friends. Hopefully the weather will be nice. It, uh, it appears that for our Michigan listeners, I think Sunday and Monday are supposed to be looking good, but I believe Saturday might be a little... A little wet, but who knows? The weather always changes, and you don't know until it gets here. But um, <clears throat> the forecast for uh, Michigan football has been interesting this past week. Uh, we'll yeah. kind of get into the things that have happened, but uh, something we'll plug in here real quick, just as a little bit of an announcement for potentially those of you who have not heard. Um, I don't think there's much for us to converse about it. But they have uh, Michigan football has announced what the spring trip will be for next year for 2019. Uh, and from yep. the short list they had, um, they have decided on South Africa. So, right, this really. is nice area. I mean, pretty, you know, I think it was like Johannesburg and Cape Town. So, really nice. Yeah, so, beautiful. This one kind of intrigues me. I mean, uh, the Europe trip, um, I think these trips to an extent are good. I mean, I think that giving football players an opportunity to kind of do the study abroad kind of thing is cool. We've had conversations about it. I don't think we're going to really dive into that. But one thing that I do want to say about this before moving forward, if I'm not mistaken, I, I, I think my memory serves me right. But uh, I've heard some pretty cool stories about different things that you can do in South Africa. Uh, they brought up some stuff with a safari and things like that. But um, what was it? Did you say it was it Cape Town or? Well, um, yeah, it's like a 17 hour flight from Atlanta to Johannesburg. So they just kind of, you know, and then I think you go from there to Cape Town. So which yeah. is, I think, another 850 miles from there. So, yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, Somewhere in the southern part of Africa, and I think it was South Africa specifically, and Cape Town is where the great white sharks are. 
So right. I, I would not be too surprised if they do something with that. That just sounds like something that <laughs> Jim Harbaugh and Don Brown and these football guys would <laughs> get into. Yeah, if you can't stop a shark, you can't stop the the, the Ohio State uh, defensive line. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> turn it into an exercise or something. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, what a trip that is. I mean, it's amazing that uh, you know you get donors and people that want to see him do that. And yeah, I mean, it's you know obviously you and I know just being on you know being on Twitter and social media and having that be announced and the good and bad that comes with that from fans that, you know, would rather see him focused on practicing and beating our rivals than heading out. But uh, you and I have always talked about the, I think, you know, this is more, you can tell that Jim Harbaugh is more about relationships, more about growing the team base and being together and growing as a team and knowing each other outside of just being playing together as a team, you know, and the personalities and getting along and, and working as a team it, it, outside of on the field. And, and I think Jim Arbaugh in a way enjoys his, you know, the kids, he enjoys being with them. And I think he enjoys, I think he's kind of young at heart. You and I have talked about Jim Harbaugh is that young at heart kind of guy. I think he's kind of living through them vicariously, you know, they have success. I think that he thinks that he's he's having a success too, and he is. But um, that that's the part I think it's really I think maybe some of the fan base is missing, and I th- I think it's a really good thing to see them do this. So it's I think this is much bigger than football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going into the conversation that so many people have about you know these athletes not getting any. Uh, value out of the their likeness used and all the money that is raised from them playing a sport uh this is a very 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 small way to show them appreciation and give them a special um event special trip um and so i and some college students get this opportunity anyway it's not saying that your typical college student doesn't get to do this, but the football players don't typically get to do these kind of trips very often, or at least a you know a decent chunk of the team. Uh, it never is the full team that winds up going. There's always a couple players that wind up having some things with classes or life things that they're not able to go. But yeah, just just a small way, um, and they don't do it, I believe, as a token of appreciation. But I think that is a little added value, in my own personal opinion. So. Just a little bit to mention there, uh, throw that announcement out there for you guys, for those of you who may have not heard about that, but that's what you can expect for 2019. Um, and expectations. Uh, that's that's actually kind of going to be the underlying topic for the rest of this episode, actually, because Charles Woodson for those of you who I it, it's been out for a little while so I you not know who he is but <laughs> yeah no I, I don't think we have to introduce who Charles Woodson is but for those of you who may have not I, I would think by now most people would have heard even if you're not on major social media platforms if you're listening to us uh, you're probably following articles online at least but Charles Woodson uh, was at a couple different things, and uh, Ohio State was part of the, uh, or was a topic that came up, and he went ahead and, if I remember the story correctly from the different things that I read on it all, uh, he wasn't even uh, directed this way. He went yeah. he went this direction with the dialogue freely, and he uh, so he chose his own words and took the dialogue of the conversation this way and he came out and guaranteed that Michigan would defeat Ohio state uh, this fall for this 2018 football season. Yeah. And uh, when asked about it, you know why it's basically his response was why not? And he has gone, uh, there's video of it too. There's articles that you can read about it, uh, but he's essentially quoted saying things about how he feels that in the recent years it hasn't the game between Michigan and Ohio State has not been the emphasis um 
that he's used to having with the game. So uh, he essentially coming out and saying that they're not emphasizing the uh, that Michigan is not emphasizing the Ohio State game enough. Uh, Craig, I don't know if you have anything else to add, any different perspective, any other information on what Woodson has said, but what is, uh, if you don't, uh, then go ahead and jump into on what your initial reaction is. Uh, maybe what your initial reaction was as soon as you saw it, because the headline was out there. It's like uh, Charles Woodson says Michigan does not emphasize the Ohio State game. Essentially, that's what all the headlines were. Right. What was your initial reaction when you just heard that? And then what? How did it change? Did it develop in any way when you kind of dug into it more and you heard his reasoning and explanation of why? Uh, share your thoughts on that. Well, to me, Charles Woodson is the epitome of, in my eyes, in many Michigan fans' eyes, and but according to me, Charles Woodson is the the best Michigan football player of all time in history. He just he just is and because of both sides of the ball. And what he says is a lot of club because not only was he a good college football player, he was an incredible NFL player too. So tough to do both. Um, yeah. I, you know, when I first heard that, I think I'm going to kind of piggyback that off of kind of what Braylon Edwards is kind of talking about too. We're seeing more and more uh, Michigan players of, uh, of Michigan lore and who are top 10 Michigan players of all time, or even top 25, it doesn't matter. You know, Michigan, um, these guys are, um, looked up to, um, because they are so good and they do represent Michigan really, really well. And they're out there talking Michigan, which is great to me. I, in, I have to agree with them. I, it, there seems to be, and I think uh, these players are a little bit worried that Michigan in the past hasn't looked at these rivals as being the game as these, or quote, just another game. I'm sorry, Michigan state. And especially like you were talking about Ohio state, this is not just another game. This is a game you have to win. You should be, have that, <laughs> Uh, circled on the map you should be uh circled ready to go on the calendar you should be ready to go ready to play wherever they're at and whether it's at home or you're playing there and this game is way too important um you we mentioned that on the last show how you said uh, you would rather have us lose the michigan state but beat ohio state that's how important that game is to you too and I, I think that's what uh, Charles Woodson is saying. I, he, he's just saying you, we can't. I think he's in a way, in a soft, cool way, in a really smooth way. He's saying Michigan in the past, you haven't been taking Ohio State very seriously, and you should be. So that's pretty much what he's saying. Yeah. And oh, go <laughs> they're, way, they're way too good. They got too much firepower. They're, they're stacked. They're just like Alabama. And you better start taking them seriously or because the very fact is you got Michigan state takes them very seriously and they beat them and we have a hard time beating them. That can't happen. <laughs> it's just that, that you can't have Michigan state beating Ohio state and then us losing to Ohio state. That can't happen. That means something's going on um, that we need to certainly focus and be figuring out what we're supposed to do. So, yeah. Now I'm going to ask you something before I, um, kind of share my thoughts on this yet. What if, okay, so Charles Woodson said that. What if a player comes out and guarantees that they're going to win before the season even starts? See, in that part of the game, <laughs> I, mean, I was getting into that too, but uh, I don't like guarantees. I never did. Hate them. I never guarantee. You'll never see me. Uh, and it happens a lot on, uh, on Twitter. You and I know we got, uh, you know, sports guys, Michigan fan base. We even got Michigan people who who say that, and I'm just not a guy that does that. Um, I, you know, you and I have our pregame uh, what we think will happen, which is kind of a way of saying that. But I don't like guarantees. Um, I'm not going to do it. Way too early to even think about what they're going to do. I haven't even. We don't even know what the quarterback's like. We haven't even seen him. Seen him. Uh, a spring game of them. In fact, I want to see what they do against Notre Dame. (laughs) 
Yeah. I want to see what they do to that team and at South Bend, and it's going to be really tough to win there away. If they can handle their business really, really well and 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 take it to Notre Dame, I might be able to say, yeah, this is a good team. But till then, I ain't doing it. <laughs> so, and you know, it's a half a seat. You know, I don't even like to do it until half the season. I got to see a good. And you talked about Michigan in the recent years fading as the season goes, and it always seems to fade right when we start playing the top end of the schedule. Um, not exactly this year we will, but Ohio State's always the last game of the year, and we seem to put, uh, sputter out by the time we hit and play them. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say this. I... When I saw Charles Woodson uh, essentially coming out and saying that he feels like Michigan has not been emphasizing the Ohio State game enough, I was kind of like, uh, that that was kind of my reaction was just, eh, uh, because I was, uh, I was thinking to myself, I was just like, you have to realize and look at what Michigan football has been for the past like 15-ish to 20 years. And so it's just like, these first couple years that Harbaugh has been there, it's just like, just get us back on track. And back on track to me was not, I mean, yeah, I would have loved it to be beating Michigan State and Ohio State more. I'm not going to say that. That wasn't on my mind, but it's just kind of like, get us back on track where, you know, yeah. we're, we're highly ranked. We're beating teams soundly. We've got, you know, a cohesive team offensively and defensively. We are a juggernaut in the conference, et cetera, et cetera. Work, work with the rivalry games. Yes. But you know, just, we can't, I, I don't want us to essentially be a laughing stock anymore. I mean, there were certain times with that, you know, there were shutout games. There were terrible teams that we lost to and different things like that. Um, so it's just like, get us back on track now in the past, you know, Last year, this year, it's like, yeah, okay, now now you need to move on to the next step, the next phase. You need to emphasize those things more. Like I like I even said, I was like, oh, how this is the year for this needs to happen with Ohio State. Like I said in the other episode, I can't remember. I think it was last last episode. Like this this is when it needs to start happening. So now now I see it. And from what he was saying, it uh, the way he was saying everything, I don't think he has the same he had the same mindset and everything. So I get it and I don't get it at the same time, but then going to the, just the concept of guaranteeing it. I don't really care so much that he does it. Um, I saw some people having the conversation of, well, yeah, he destroyed Ohio state, you know, when he was a player, he, he dominated that. That's what they did back then. And this, that's not Michigan. Now that is not Michigan. Now. I mean, in uh, the decade that he played in, uh, there were only two times that Michigan lost to Ohio State. One game was a tie. I mean that that was a different Michigan back then. Yeah. So yeah. so there there's a there's been a difference, and I know he knows that, but it's just I don't know if he was really thinking of that. Uh, so that's kind of my take a little bit on him saying. I have no problem with him saying it. I mean, by all means, go with it. Now I would say this, and I'll kind of do a little progression here, and that's why I specifically asked you, what if a player said it? So if a player came out now on Michigan and said and guaranteed that they were going to – I don't like it when a recruit says it before uh, they come to the school. I, I don't right. really care for that. I mean, I, I get it. You know, it is what it is. I'm not going to say, oh, my gosh, I hate you for doing that or you're so dumb for doing that. I don't I, – I just don't – it's not my preference. I don't – it's not my – Shtick, I don't really care for it um, because you you don't you're not even on the team. You don't know how you're gelling with your teammates and things like that. And by the time you get to the house State game, you don't even know technically if you're going to be on the field. And transfers happen, and blah 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 blah. And even recruits change their mind to go to a different school. So right. there's that. But then uh, then if it's a player, and especially if it's before the season begins, uh, I have a little bit of an issue with it, especially in the scenario we are right now, because in the past 14 years, Michigan has beaten Ohio State once. So right. it's right. just like we have we have nothing to stand on, right. nothing to stand on. So yeah. if if there was anything we could stand on, like even if we had beaten them once in the past, like two years or something, I'd be like, OK, you know, OK, that 
I, I don't have as much of a problem with it right now. But when you have beat them once in the past 14 years, it's just like prove something before you talk about it. Yeah. Now, now here's a little bit of adjustment, though. If it's the season and if it's Ohio State week, I'm not as against it. I mean, I, I'm not really for it, but I wouldn't really say I'm against it. because You can't pick the other team. You're just not going to. Oh yeah, well no, no. There's well, there's a difference between like we're gonna go out there, we're gonna bust their chops, we're gonna do our best, we're gonna, uh, um, and different things like that. Um, we're gonna take them to the woodshed. I don't know whatever you want to call it, but like, you're you're going to pump up your team, and you're going you're going to say, you know, we're we're gonna go out there and we're gonna do this. But then it's another thing to say, I guarantee that we will beat them or we will walk off that field champ, uh, vic- uh, victors after that game, something like that, where it has that guarantee thing in it. And if it's the week of Ohio State, I'm more like, okay, open open to it. You need to get pumped up for that game. If that's what you want to say, okay. Right now, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of it because it's been one in, one win in the past 14 years, but it's just like the week of you got to get pumped up for the game. You want your team pumped up for the game. Go for it. It, it, it reassure us that you're going to put everything on the line. Fine. But uh, at, before the season, before the week of Ohio state, the guarantees. Uh, yeah. Not, not so much a fan myself when it's the players. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, here's a question. Do you think he said that because he, he knows Shea Patterson will be a starting quarterback? Does he know that, though? No, I'm right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I'm, I'm, I think we're all pretty much assuming, you know, that he is and, you know, presuming, if you want to say that, too. But uh, I, I'm guessing I'm guessing he's saying that because he uh, Shea Patterson is the quarterback. I, I don't believe... Charles Woodson would have said this if we still had Wilton Spate or a corn or even Peter starting. I don't think he would have said that. I think he's kind of buying into the Shea Patterson, that swag that he has. But uh, I think it's easier for him to say, but honestly, I feel like he would have said it anyways with uh, McCaffrey, Peters and Milton on the, uh, available to play quarterback, I think he would have said it anyways. Yeah, and you know, it, it, look, it, like you said, you got to prove something. I mean, you're talking last year, you know, we struggled with uh, Cincinnati. You and I were at that game. We struggled there. We struggled with Air Force. We even struggled, you know, we barely beat Indiana. Um, and, you know, there's a few games we struggled with uh, in, in during the year. If we can't beat those teams, like you said, blow out. We should be able to blow out Cincinnati. We should be beating them by 30 points. And we didn't. We had took them to the fourth quarter for us to even, you know, start wearing the teams out. But until you start doing that, I look, That's a, those are the games I'm looking at. Let's say we beat Notre Dame. And I'm like, okay, we're cool. But if you can't beat the smaller teams that are coming through and you can't beat them thoroughly, then I really have doubts that you can beat Ohio State because you can't. You can't play these, I don't want to call them cupcake teams or powder puff teams, but they're teams that you should be taking care of business and you're not. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. The The guaranteeing thing, it, it's different and, and it's – well, it's different because it's Charles Woodson, too. So, I mean, like, if you had uh, some of the other players that came through, I mean, like, if you had, you know, uh, what if you had Denard Robinson come in and right. say something like that? You know, it would totally be handled a different way because Denard Roberts, Robinson, even though he was an electric and exciting football player to watch for Michigan, and he was the last – Michigan quarterback to beat Ohio State, that does not hold the same weight as Charles Woodson. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, let's say Michigan goes to Notre Dame and they barely win, okay? Well, then let's say, you know, the next game is Western. Well, Western comes in to the big house and we struggle to win that game. We don't blow them out. I'm not going to. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, Michigan's going to have a stellar year and we're going to beat all the rest of the teams. I'm going to go 
sorry, but a team like Western shouldn't go into the big house and cause us a lot of problems. If they shouldn't. And if I see that, that's where I'm going to get really, really worried. Um, usually the first game, yeah, it's it's a good litmus test of how we're going to look. Um, but, yeah, some of these. And then you get SMU as the next game, and you have a struggle there. It's, yeah, can't happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, essentially – to back it up a little bit and to like get more direct with that. I have no problem with Charles Woodson saying it. No. Um, I don't, uh, with the guarantee, uh, his viewpoint on the game, not being emphasized enough. I get it to a certain extent. Uh, however, you know, it, I put that context kind of in there. It's just like, you know, uh, yes, you need to, f- they'll always focus on it every year, but it's just kind of like, emphasize as a whole, like getting the program back. I, I, I don't know. It, it, yeah. There's some kind of details and everything with that, but that, that's kind of my perspective on the two things of him guaranteeing the Ohio state game, but then also him saying that he felt like it wasn't emphasized enough. So, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add on to that, uh, conversation nope. specifically? No, nope, it's just, it's Charles Woodson, man. He's a legend. So yeah, Charles yeah. Woodson, the goat. So, um, well, continuing with the idea of expectations and Ohio State being um, right at the top of this conversation and everything, essentially transfer, uh, transitioning us into the next part, um, Ward Manual, uh, there have been discussions in the past week, couple weeks, about uh, the future for John Beeline and Jim Harbaugh, and Ward Manuel has expressed his interest and uh, his hopes and aspirations uh, to see both those co- uh, coaches retire from coaching at Michigan. Yeah, and wow. so, and so essentially the conversation around life uh, lifetime contracts. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's an interesting conversation to have right now. Uh, it's uh, Everybody's going to be like, well, that makes sense with John Beeline because John Beeline just took the team and was playing in the national championship for basketball. Yeah. And then you go over to Coach Harbaugh, who, uh, hasn't, who has the record that he does against Michigan State and Ohio State, which is one and six. Uh, in the first three years. And he has not won the big 10, uh, has not won the division, has not won the big 10. Uh, and has one bowl game win in those three years. So now, of course, we've had this conversation. We don't really need to dive into it. The state of the programs uh, are vastly different at this time because Beeline has been where he's been. Uh, I Do you remember how long it's been? I can't remember how long it's been. Yeah, but he, he's been established. Like He has established himself at Michigan, and he has got the program where he wants it uh, – you know, essentially kind of wants it to be. He's uh, improved the program. He's getting his players in. It's his program. He owns it. He has built it. Jim Harbaugh is essentially at that beginning stage of that section of his career at Michigan. Uh, The first two years especially were a lot of changes and everything, and the third year was kind of a a -a rope-a-dope or a, a weird Situation. I don't know why I said rope I guess that doesn't work. Um, a weird situation, uh, not a fluke. Uh, I don't necessarily want to say fluke, but it was a tough year just because all the changes, losing all the experience and different things like that, not necessarily making excuses. There were other issues as well, but it was, it was a tricky spot to be put in. Uh, my thoughts before I hand the conversation over to you is I think this could be a legitimate conversation for both coaches after this next football season. Yeah. This really has to be a telling season for Michigan football. Uh, Like, I'm not saying if Jim Harbaugh doesn't do something this year, fire him. Um, What I'm saying is if what some people expect could happen, then that idea, that concept of lifetime contract can be begin for Jim Harbaugh. Because right. right now, in my opinion, it's it's too early. Like, because uh, precisely, Beeline has been where he's been for a while, and he's yeah. he's got it. Uh, he's got it nailed down. 
Now, Jim Harbaugh is way too early. As much as I like Jim Harbaugh and I feel like I would not have any problem with Jim Harbaugh staying for a lifetime contract and everything, it's too early in my opinion. Like, maybe something weird happens. Maybe, I don't know, whatever. Uh, it's against my, my judgment that I think anything's going to necessarily go quote-unquote wrong, but he is not a tenured coach like Beeline is, and he does not have everything where he wants to be. I think this is the year where it gets to that point, like I said. Uh, but now I feel like I'm repeating myself. Those are my thoughts. Uh, Craig, are you agreeing with that? What do you see with that as far as, like, life-term contracts? Uh, specifically, we'll be focusing on Harbaugh, but John Beeline is included in this conversation. Well, yeah, I mean, John Beeline, we're talking, you know, he's he's had six seasons in the top ten. <laughs> at Michigan and you know he's been there quite a while since 2007 so he's he's had that program from the very beginning in fact in his very first year he's you know only I think he only had 10 wins in 22 and 22 losses so he took you know really bad team in the very beginning it was terrible and he just grew this team to what's up there with West Virginia when he used to be there so I mean he's got that Tell you what, Beelan just got that team rolling. And, you know, he'll have his ebb and flows to, you know, some down year a little bit, and then it'll come back up. And, and that's what you want to see is he's pretty consistent, you know, and um, and he's proven himself. And the very fact is, you know, Beeline is one of those under-the-radar coaches. Um, and I think well-deserved because I don't think out there right now, Michigan's not on the same – uh, historic playing field, as you want to say, not yet. I mean, it could be, but at this point, like you would say, North Carolina, Duke, um, uh, some of those other teams, but they are certainly uh, under his coaching ability. They're really, really good. So, and he's got this Michigan basketball relevant. I mean, really relevant in the Big Ten. That's incredible, especially over a juggernaut like M Michigan State. Um, so that's I think that's well worth it, um, and I think you bring up an uh, excellent point talking about Jim Harbaugh. Look, I tell you what, um, if Michigan football has the same sort of year, I'm not going to say kind. You know, it's going to be can't get any worse. But if they have the same kind of year as they did last year. This is this is going to be really really difficult for even me to even grasp to even say Jim Harbaugh. Is, is the coach of the future here. I, I just can't, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how anybody can defend that because of the very fact there's so many players coming back. Like you said, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh built, he's he's kind of really dismantling the team and then restructuring it, which is great. And we're seeing that because it was a mess before him. But um, this would be a really, really tough year if they had a, a bad year last year like this, and it happens this year. I, I, in a way, I, I would kind of hold off on giving him that, <laughs> that war manual until something happens. Uh, I still think they're going to keep him around because he's proven. But um, like you said, this is a really – this year is really, really important to Michigan football fans. Yeah. And, and again, it's a unique situation with everything, and I think that's uh, a valid statement, what you're saying and everything. If Essentially, if last year repeats itself this year, then I, I'm with you. It's just like things need to start being looked at and getting addressed because then 2019, it's just like if something yeah. doesn't drastically change, like if there's not some sort of like Big Ten championship, if there's not, you know, beating – all the rivals, if there's not some kind of college football playoff or something, it's just like, I, I, I mean, I feel kind of crazy saying it, but, you know, it's just like, does Jim Harbaugh stick around? Should he be kept? If if you repeat the, if you repeat 2017 for 2018 and 2019, yeah, uh, I nobody's going to really argue that strongly against at that point. Um, you know, this this is one year. Out of three years, he has had two 10-1 seasons. Right. So, it, it, you know, one year 
weird things can happen. I mean, for instance, going uh, and I, I know comparing and different things like that, but there are those fluke years. John Beeline, the 2014-15 season, they didn't even make the NCAA tournament. No. Nope. You know, the, and that was in the middle of his 10-year stretch of, you know, he, he got things going well. Uh, he had two uh, finishes with the uh, first in the conference and everything like that. And and actually, since 2013-14, they have, uh, the Michigan basketball team has not finished first in the conference for the regular right. season. Um, right. but, but they've won the Big Ten tournament. They have gone to the national championship again. They have gone to the Sweet 16 and things like that. Um, yeah. So one year, there can be those one-year weird things. And well, so, it, yeah, th- you're right. Yeah, and so that could have been 2017. So we'll we'll see how it turns out and everything. But go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, just the very fact that, you know, you're right, and you're talking about, it, to me, it just, you know, you can tell just from the eye test and what's happening with Michigan basketball that there's this, you know, energy, even the energy within the recruiting, even the, you know, a lot of players, a lot of height, top tier players, you know, high fours, high four star players who are really, really good that Michigan really had a tough time getting and stealing from people are really considering going to Michigan or even um, thinking about it. And the very fact is, in a way, success builds that. And Beeline, to go to the finals by taking a team that no one thought would ever happen even I didn't think they would, and they they did, and it was just great coaching, great chemistry within the team, and it, that's attractive to recruits. And winning solves a lot. <laughs> and what you do is you get the Michigan football, who's who's who is winning and is successful. But you know, if you're not sniffing the Big Ten championship, or you're not winning your division, you know, you're going to have a lot, you're going to have a hard time recruiting players. And that in, and you, in Michigan, what Michigan needs this year is success. They need to win. They need to beat the, the rivals. They need to beat Michigan state thoroughly. They need to beat Ohio state. They need success here this year, or it just becomes, you know, you're a good, you're a great team. You're a great, you're a good team. You're just not great. So, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of looking over the records and everything here, um, between the Ohio State games and the uh, Michigan State games and everything. So it's just, yeah, it, um, and this kind of this part of the conversation, I guess, is going to overlap with what we were talking about with uh, Charles Woodson and everything. Um, you know, you're, you're looking for that change, that switch, that, that, you know, getting over the hump, entering the next phase and everything. And the, the Ohio, I honestly feel like the Ohio state game, it be, and this is kind of going to last week's episode too. And I don't want to dive back into that too much, but if you can get to beating both Michigan state and Ohio state in the same year, like I said, last time that happened was 2003. Um, I feel like that would be huge because essentially too, I mean, uh, let, let's be honest. Uh, I'm, I think I've said this before, but I want to say this again because it kind of annoys the crap out of me when people do this. We often have the, we always have the conversations where Michigan, a uh, Michigan lost to Ohio state, uh, two years ago, uh, Michigan lost to South Carolina last year. Michigan lost to Michigan State last year. And all the time we're like, well, if this one thing was different, if this one thing had changed, that would have been a win. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having those conversations because it's very true. It's just like, man, you know, that one stupid thing really, really annoys you. But, <laughs> but if you are going, if you are allowing that conversation, you have to allow the conversation in reverse. Wow, we got really lucky because this happened. If that did not happen, we were going to lose this game. Right. And so when you look at what happened, and I'm going to kind of target specifically kind of 2011, 2012 and everything, um, I mean, this this shows how much dismay and uh, uh, peril is not the right word, but how bad things have been 
You know, people kind of forget this because 2001, honestly, 2001, fluke season uh, in, in some retrospects. Uh, in some retrospects, a fluke season. Um, because if, if you don't forget or if you don't remember, uh, it was the close game against Notre Dame uh, in the big house. And yeah. uh, it was the exciting under the, under the lights night game and everything and won uh, at the very closing seconds. I mean, I know there was the kickoff after and everything. But, you know, one, one thing, one drop ball, that, that could have yeah. been an L. And yep. so have have that real conversation, people. Have that real conversation with that. And then the biggest issue that I have with that entire season, why anybody even goes back to that season and says that, oh, it was a great season, we be an Ohio State team that was led by Luke Fickle that we barely beat by six points at home. Yeah. And that was yeah. by far like their worst season uh, in, what, like a decade or something? That that is the Ohio State team that we beat, and you guys are like find pride in that. Yeah, it's great winning the game, but I'm even after that was done, I was just like, we got lucky. Like there was a very real chance that we could have or should have lost that game. And so you know what that would have been? That would have been 14 straight years, 14 straight years of losing. Yeah, so, and you have to, yeah, you pretty much you won by the feet of Denard. Yeah. <laughs> He just ran. He just liked it to himself and ran. Yeah. So, and then right. also in the 2011 season, when we beat Virginia Tech in the Sugar Bowl, which, you know, was kind of uh, – we were very fortunate to get into that situation against a team like Virginia Tech because there was a huge conversation about Michigan State playing Georgia in their game and then uh, complaining against about that. If we had played Georgia, I would probably guarantee that we would have lost. But anyways, we played Virginia Tech, and we won in overtime 23-20. to Largely, fortunately, because of Hemingway. I mean, Denard Robinson was exciting and everything, but let's face it, I'm not going to put my faith in him as a quarterback. So there was luck involved in things like that. So going to those conversations on where you could have easily lost, like I said, that Ohio State game could have been lost. We would have not won an Ohio State game for 14 years. So, yes, there, there, uh, there needs to be some things changing with that. But then also, then the next year was the... Uh, one of the last times that we beat Michigan State, and that was a 12 to 10 game. And you cannot tell me that there was some luck and fortune on our side that we won that game. Like Michigan State had luck and fortune on their side with winning it this year, to a certain extent. I mean, like we hurt our own ourselves in that game, but you know there was that too. So then, if that happened, hold on, let me see this. Four, seven, eight, nine, ten, that. We would have won one game against Michigan State in ten years. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So, Great. so don't. So this this is the state of Michigan football, and that's where I was kind of. And this kind of goes back to where it's just like uh, I understand what Charles Woodson is saying, but it's just like get things back on track. I know the rivalry games are part of that, but also scattered in there, you have seasons without double digit wins. You have embarrassing losses to um, Appalachian State and other teams, Notre Dame getting shut out by Notre Dame. You have all these embarrassing things. Get things strained out. Like I said, uh, as much, and I'll say this again, too, like me, quote-unquote, essentially labeling 2011 as a fluke season. Look look at what happened to Brady Hoke. It, it played out in the next couple of years where it's just like, hey, you know, 2011 was not very telling of Brady Hoke because look what happened the following years. I'm right. saying that I feel the same thing about 2017 for Jim Harbaugh. I don't right. think 2017 says a lot for Jim Harbaugh. Yes, it happened. It shouldn't have happened. There were several instances where it could have been completely different. But I think that it. this is going, like, when we look at it, whenever Jim Harbaugh is done, that we go back to 2017 and be like, that was the weird season. That's the season that could have been completely different. But it was the weird season uh, for Jim Harbaugh. And so this is where it kind of come, wraps back into where I'm having this conversation with his lifetime contract and everything. Let 2018 play out. Look at the picture of the four years, especially since now things are getting established more. And this is this, this transition between 2017 and 2018 is going to be more of a standard transition than what you saw between 2016 and 2017. Cause we had the conversation of how many players got lost to the draft and you lose all that leadership, and there was that mess at the beginning of the season where teams hung around, and there wasn't that intensity and things like that. So I know I'm rambling, but it's 
uh, basically kind of what I'm emphasizing is if you can have the fluke or looking at the things where it's just like we almost won those games, you also have to look at we almost lost games. 2017 was a, I believe, is that fluke year. I, I hope we can put it behind us and look at what happens 2018 and then you can start having the conversation, not saying, oh, quick, sign up Jim Harbaugh for a lifetime contract. Start having that conversation and essentially carry it throughout the 2019 season and then make make like a five-year – make a reaction after five years. Don't make a reaction after after three or four because John Beeline has been around for um, – was it over 10 years? And yeah, so for, for him right. and his stage, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. It makes sense. And, you know, and you're right is – there's been too many fluky losses, you know, Michigan state at home. You lost to Michigan state at home at the big house, um, in bad fashion. And you can't do that. And, and yeah, you're right. It's, you know, when you beat Mark, uh, coach D'Antonio once in your tenure and you haven't beat Ohio state at all, can't happen. And then you get blown out by Penn state last year. It's just, you know, you know, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Beeline is, you know, hold on to the guy. I think it's well-deserved. I think Carball, you know, I think you have to kind of hold off to see what's going to happen. So I think you and I are in agreement there. So, Yeah. Yeah, so I know I, like, pulled in a lot of backstory and different things like that, but it's just, like, perspective. Yep. Like uh, this, I mean that I was I went on a long tangent there about this. Uh, it has been so bad, and it seems like people are kind of forgetting about it because, especially that, like I said, that 2011 season. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, there's this like little bright shining season in the middle of it, and it's just like that was that was more of an accident than anything, in my opinion. Yeah, we had great players and things like that, but there was no continuation. There was no longevity. There was no carrying over and everything. That was just kind of like blip, and then it was gone. Yeah, like because I can almost guarantee if uh, if Luke Fickle was not coaching Ohio State, you know, we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have a win against Ohio State for fourteen years. <laughs> yeah, I know that's depressing, man. <laughs> yeah, and that that again goes into the other conversation that we've had before, where I'm saying. This year, something has to happen with Ohio State. I'm not guaranteeing that it's going to happen, but right. this is the year something needs to happen. No, I agree. Yep. Yep. Something. Something's got to give, man. Yeah. Oh. Yep. So, a lot of different information there from all different sides and everything. But, yeah. So, uh, lifetime contracts being brought up, award, award manual, wanting that to happen for both Beeline and Harbaugh. I understand it to an extent where there's that thought process going on, but it's too early to really seriously have that conversation for Jim Harbaugh. But John Beeline, go for it. Yeah. Yep. I'm, all, I'm all about that. He's done good. He has had his, uh, like I said, he had his fluke season, like I said, which was the 2014-15 season where they didn't even make the tournament. But so. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're on. We're agreeing on there. Yep. Yeah, so a lot of conversation, a lot of, um, I don't, uh, well, some people have definitely the high expectations and everything, but it's just like, I don't know, like, I'm not, ex- I don't know, it's kind of hard for me to say, and I don't want to, like, start this into a new conversation, but it's just like, it's kind of like, do I want to label it as expectations or it's just kind of like what, what is necessary to happen and things like that, what we've discussed before. So it's just, it's, it's, it's tough. I anticipate that 2017 was that weird fluke, difficult season, everything. And so I anticipate that 2018 is going to be vastly different. So, but of course we'll dive into that more when the season gets closer and we'll do our, predictions and things like that which are is going to be very difficult this year considering how poor last year went and we honestly are just kind of coming in yeah yeah what seems blinded because new coaching (laughs) uh you know new it's going to be a new quarterback and uh hopefully new looking offensive line and all those sorts of things so well yeah and you're right we'll probably you know maybe do a whole whole show on just expectations no on 
that are there's a lot of it out there. You know, it's probably something that social media and a lot of people t- are tweeting out about what the expectations. The closer we get to game, uh, the Notre Dame game, it's going to be what expectations do you have for Michigan? They, heck, we already have people out there already starting to say how many games Michigan is going to win, how many they're going to lose. So, yeah, right now Michigan is the underdog for the Notre Dame game. So, yeah. They were they were the favorite, and then now they're the underdog. And it's like just by slide amount, I can't remember. I don't think it's more than a touchdown. I think most of them have them like a, a field goal underdog or something like that. But okay. we'll uh, talk. We'll talk. And it's so early to talk those numbers right now. So yeah, yeah, it is. Talk to me in August. So <laughs> yep. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for us. Uh, anything else uh, I want to make sure before we close things out? Anything else you want to say? Nope. Nope. All right. So, well, uh, as always, if you guys do want to contact us about anything, feel free to email us. The email is bluebrotherssportscast at gmail.com. Uh, you can always converse with us on Twitter at bluebros underscore and then our names. So it's at B L U E B R O S underscore and then either Caleb or Craig, depending which one you want to reach out to. And our favorite way of communication with you guys, because it gives us um, your opinions, uh, like you tell them directly, is if you leave us a voicemail, and that number is 551-258-3276. Again, it's easy to remember because it's 551-BLUE-BRO. If you do that, uh, just uh, keep it relatively short because it will wind up uh, cutting out and everything. And we'd love to hear some of your opinions. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, we hope you guys are enjoying the off season. We hope that the summer is a, an enjoyment. It's coming. We And like we already said, enjoy the Memorial Day weekend. We know that some of you do work uh, odd, or not odd, uh, but uh, the shifts and everything where you don't necessarily always get the holidays. So we hope that you do get some time off at some point to be able to enjoy time with friends and family, though. So, and yeah, enjoy the summer. Try to get out there. Yes, and and we'll we'll be with you to enjoy the summer because we'll still be with you guys each and every week. So you can quote unquote hang out with us for the summer. So more more content, more conversations coming up. But uh, thanks for hanging out with us again this week, and we'll finish off again with Go Blue. Go Blue.